Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. has some real 1980s cruddy kid vibe to it and i'm kind of digging it today hello everyone and welcome to kilowatt my name is Bodie, and i am your host and we are here to discuss the tesla news of the week and in a shocking turn of events i'm actually recording on the day that i'm supposed to record which is friday it happens to be 6 26 in the evening time so i'm going to try to get this podcast recorded before my kids go to bed so let's jump right in. The Patreon supporter of the week this week is Ryan. Ryan, thank you so much for supporting the show. Ryan's a heck of a nice guy, and I appreciate your support, sir. I hope you are having a great week. I hope everybody is having a great week. If you would like to join Ryan and the other Patreon supporters, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. Like I said last week, we're getting rid of all the tiers except for the $1 level. So it's not $1 a show. It is $1 a month. I had a $5 level and a $1 level so I could buy equipment to build up my home studio. I'm pretty much mature on all of the stuff I need for my studio. So we are cutting the $5 level and leaving the $1 level. And honestly, I think that it's probably the best deal on Patreon because you get access to the Patreon feed, which not every week are we going to have extended shows, but I'm going to try to do it at least twice a month after I get done with my whole testing that I'm doing. If you're a new subscriber, you get a handwritten thank you note from myself, as well as kilowatt stickers, So, and you might even get a button or two. You also get access to the kilowatt slack. So all of that for $1 a month. I don't know any other patron out there that offers that good of a deal. So go to patreon.com and check it out, patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. Now let's jump into the news Hyundai has announced that they will recall 25,564 Kona electrics in South Korea due to a short circuit that could lead to a fire. The recall will include a software update as well as a battery replacement. There have been 13 known fire cases with the Kona EV. 11 of those fires occurred in South Korea, one in Canada, and one in Austria. Worldwide, Hyundai has sold a total of just over 96,000 Kona EVs. 
I happen to know somebody that owns one of these vehicles, and I would really like uh, Hyundai to just go ahead and recall all of them and make sure they're they're all fixed because I happen to like the person that owns this vehicle as well as his family, and he does a really good podcast called True North EVs. Go and check it out. In related news, police in Scotland have ordered 180 Kona EVs. These vehicles will be used for their unmarked fleet, so I'm guessing they're not going to be used to pull anybody over, just kind of like general day-to-day operations. I think this is an excellent choice, honestly. I'm very pro Hyundai Kona. I think it's a good car and underrated. All right, this is, (laughs) I I had to report on this. This is the headline. Electric fire trucks are on the way. Now, as many of you may or may not know, I don't know at this point, my real job is I'm a firefighter. I'm an engineer on a ladder truck. So I'm here to tell you, spoiler alert, electric fire trucks are not on the way. So Rosenbauer and Volvo, they teamed up on a European-style fire engine, EV. And if you don't know what that looks like, just go take a look at Rosenbauer EV, and you'll, you'll see the vehicle. Let me tell you why this particular version of the truck, in my opinion, won't work, and then I'll add some personal bias at the end. Before I start ripping into the truck, I, I will say that it looks very cool. So having said that, the first and most important thing for a fire apparatus is that they need to be in a ready state at all times. If this truck runs a lot of calls in a day and doesn't have time to adequately charge, it's pretty much out of commission. Now, the truck does have a fossil fuel generator. In the event that this occurs, they can run the generator and charge the truck while they're operating it. But that kind of defeats the purpose, in my personal opinion. And it takes about four hours to charge this vehicle up. So that's kind of problematic in terms of running emergencies. Second, this truck is going to cost $1.2 million. In the world of public sector budgets money is renewed every year. So what that means is that every year their budget is reset. It's approved either by a board or some sort of city council. And from my point of view, it doesn't really look or feel like that uh, the people that are managing these budgets or approving these budgets really care about what's going to happen in two to three years. So why is this relevant? Well, it's relevant because this fire truck cost $1.2 million. That is very expensive for anybody, for any business or any municipality. That's a lot of money. And there are private fire departments out there that actually buy fire trucks. So you have to have a really good reason to spend $1.2 million on a fire truck. Now, Menlo Park or Menlo Fire Department or Menlo Fire District, I didn't exactly get the name of the department, they're ordering one of these trucks and they're going to use it not as a frontline vehicle. They're going to kind of use it, it seems like, maybe as a support vehicle until they can determine whether or not the truck is going to be reliable. I did watch a news segment on this and it says that this EV from Rosenbauer costs about the same amount of money as a ladder truck. And that's true. I drive a ladder truck for my job, and that vehicle was around a million dollars five years ago, and they just keep going up every year. They don't get cheaper. So that's true. However, this particular vehicle is not a ladder truck. It is a engine. 
So the difference between a ladder truck and an engine without getting too nerdy, because there's things like quince and things like that that we're not going to talk about here. But a ladder truck, as a general rule, doesn't usually carry hose. If it does, it doesn't carry very much. It doesn't have a pump. It relies on an engine to be pumped. And then an engine actually has, you know, the, the typical fire truck. It's got all the hose on it, and then it's got a pump on it to deliver water to the fire. So we're looking at specking out a new engine, and I think... We have a budget of about $800,000, somewhere around there. That is for a really nice engine, by the way, $800,000. So this EV from Rosenbauer costs $1.2 million. That's $400,000 more than what we're budgeting for a really nice fire truck. Now, here's the thing. It may be less expensive to operate, but it costs more money up front. And when you're looking at budgets, especially in the public sector, that's kind of a big deal. It might, over the life of the vehicle, it might cost an extra $400,000 for maintenance. But I don't think, as a general rule, the people who are controlling the burst strings really care about that because it's kind of difficult to get a, a fire apparatus of any kind in the budget just in general. They just cost a lot of money. I think, I think it's too expensive is really what it comes down to. Now, here's my personal bias on this. The truck we're replacing currently happens to be a Rosenbauer. So um, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and be very politically correct here. There's a lot to like about our Rosenbauer, uh, but it also has a lot of issues. And the general feeling in our department is that Rosenbauer did not provide adequate customer service to fix those problems. And it kind of left a sour taste in a lot of folks' mouth. I don't have any idea what the build quality of Rosenbauer's EV fire truck, and I don't know what their customer service policies currently are, so I don't want to bash too much on, on Rosenbauer. But as a general rule, when I see Rosenbauer as a fire truck, I'm like, huh, I don't know about that, to be honest. It's probably a truck that works. How are they going to treat you after you buy it? That's kind of important to me, especially when you spend $1.2 million. On the other hand, you know, Pierce is a great company. Pierce is another fire truck company, and they have really good customer service. And a lot of fire departments buy Pierce because they have really good customer service, just as a, an example. All right, enough about that. Waymo is offering fully driverless rides in my part of the Phoenix metropolitan area, which is actually, you know, Waymo's operating in Tempe, Chandler, Gilbert, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit in Mesa. Not very much in Phoenix, but they do touch the edge of Phoenix. But yeah, fully driverless rides. Now, I went on to the app today, and it tells me that COVID or Waymo has been suspended because of COVID in my area. Now, like I said, there's only one general area where Waymo operates in the Phoenix metropolitan area. So I'm guessing everybody is 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 getting this message at the moment. But as soon as it allows me to hail a driverless Waymo, I'm in. I'm going to give it a shot. I will put my life on the line for you folks and tell you how it went. Let's talk about Tesla news. Tesla is acquiring ATW Automation. They supply battery modules and packs to the auto industry. Going back to what we talked about last week with Tesla's moves to further take control of the manufacturing process. 
this is just a kind of another piece to that puzzle. And I'm excited to see what Tesla is going to accomplish with this 4680 battery cell. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But first, Tesla has dissolved its PR department. Honestly, I'm surprised that this is <laughs> this. It's taken them so long to do this, to be honest. With Elon as the company's mouthpiece, I can't imagine the job of uh, in the PR department was easy for a variety of reasons, and I won't even go into them here. I'm just sure that it was uh, at times chaotic. Let's just say that. Tesla did announce this week that the Q3 2020 earnings call will be held on October 21st. And I feel really confident that they had a good quarter and I'm excited to see how they did. All right, this next story comes from Joey Klinder from Teslarati. And I'm only really saying his name because I want to give him credit. But the article that he wrote, Can the 4680 Bring Back the Standard Range Model Y? Now, if you remember a couple months ago, Elon announced that they will they would not be releasing the standard range Model Y because nobody wants to buy a car that has less than 300 miles range. Now, keep in mind, they have two cars that have less than 300 miles range in the standard range plus Model 3 and the standard range Model 3. But forgetting that they have those, those vehicles, I really hope that the 4680 will allow Tesla to bring the standard range Model Y to market. And more to the point, uh, eventually will the 4680 allow the standard range Model 3 to be sold on Tesla's website and not in some seedy back alley of a luxury mall. Now, don't get me wrong, I really like hanging out in alleys. So in one way, I would be very disappointed. In another way, being able to order this car from my house would actually be great. It would would feel awesome if I could do that. Next story, Fred Lambert of Electric is claiming that the Model 3 is getting an update and he's seen pictures. Unfortunately, Fred is not sharing pictures because he wants to protect his source, which makes sense to me. But here are some of the features slash changes, the alleged features slash changes. Chrome delete, we've heard about that before. Powered trunk gate, which I think is really important. I don't know why the current Model Y or Model 3 doesn't have that. Some new upholstery options. A matte center console, which I think would be awesome. Double-paned windows to reduce noise, road noise and to help with insulation. That would be awesome as well. And according to Fred's source, the new version is currently rolling off the line at Fremont. No word if those are test cars or actual cars going to customers. Okay, let's get nerdy. Hacker at Green the Only on Twitter, we've talked about him in the past or her, did some coding magic and was able to find out what the cabin-facing camera in the Model 3 and Model Y is up to. Tesla did say in June, before we go too much into this, that the camera was used to engineer safety features and enhancements for the future, but they didn't go into much more detail. According to at Green the Only, the camera is making sure that the driver is paying attention. It tracks your head position, whether you blinked or not, where your eyes are looking, you know, whether you have sunglasses on or not, and if you're using a phone. And honestly, I think this is very interesting from a safety standpoint, but it's much more interesting when you consider that Tesla sells their own insurance product. 
So if you're on your phone too much or you're looking away for too long, does this make your insurance go up? Kind of makes you think. Now for this next story, if I had more time, I would take the song Sabotage by the Beastie Boys and I would just kind of put it in between that last story and this story. So pretend that I did that. Because I don't have a lot of time today to do that kind of thing. This is why we're not talking about Eddie Van Halen, who's my guitar god. Um, and he passed away this week. And I'm a little sad about it. But like I said, don't really have a lot of time. So the next story. There's uh, an interesting story that we really don't have a lot of information about at the moment. But Tesla has fired an employee who allegedly tried to undermine the production at Fremont. That's where the sabotage song comes in handy. Anyway, Bloomberg got a hold of an internal email written by Al Prescott, the VP of legal. And honestly, we don't have the identity of the employee, but from the email, it looks like they tried to sabotage the production line. And then they tried to cover up their tracks, accuse another employee, destroy a computer. And then finally, ultimately, they just confessed. And so that employer, employee excuse me, has been fired. And at this time, that's the only information we have. As the story kind of develops and updates, I will get you more details. But that's all we have for now. In our final story, we're going to talk about the amazing Giga Berlin Model Y. So we already know that the Model Y built at Giga Berlin will be superior to the Model Y built in the U.S. or even China. The European Model Y will use the 4680 cell, according to Elon. In addition, they will also feature the single front and rear piece castings. And right now, I think they're doing the rear piece at Fremont, but they're not doing the front piece for the Model Y. But if that's not enough, Giga Berlin will have Tesla's new and improved paint shop. So Europeans are going to get that too. So for the longest time... Europeans were just kind of left out on new innovations in terms of what Tesla was releasing, and they would just kind of get it after people in America got it, for instance. Now, tables have completely turned. Europeans are going to get the awesome Model Y, and Americans have to wait two to three years before we see that. Excuse me, somewhere around two years, not three. Somewhere around two years before we see that innovation come to our Model Ys. Now, I'm guessing most people will not be able to tell the difference and it probably won't be that big of a deal. Here's my question. How long before someone imports a Model Y from Giga Berlin and brings it to the United States and sells it? I bet it's not going to be very long. And I bet they will sell it for quite a bit more than they paid for it. Quite a bit more. Now, along these same lines, someone asked, what would Tesla be doing with the 2170 battery cells during the transition to the 4680 battery cells? And Elon's answer was pretty standard and I think kind of common sense. But Tesla, if you're interested, Tesla will be using the 2170 cells during the transition to the 4680 cells. To me, that makes a lot of sense. In addition, if Tesla completely transitions to the 4680 cells for everything, they still need 2170 cells just in case they need to 
you know, replace cells on a vehicle that uses the 2170 cells or in the power packs, that kind of thing. So they still got to produce them for some time. I don't know exactly how long that number will be, 10 years, whatever. There's an actual law about how long they need to support the vehicle. All right, folks, that is our show for the week. I want to thank you all for downloading and listening to this podcast. We have uh, a significant amount of new listeners, and that makes me very happy. Some of you dropped off a little bit from last week, but that's okay. That always happens during a big Tesla event. We'll get a big rise in listeners, and then probably half of those people, maybe not quite half, will drop out. But the folks who stuck around, thank you very much for sticking around. I really appreciate it. If you want to email me, it's really easy to do. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at 918digital. My DMs are open, so feel free to email me, or excuse me, DM me if you have questions or want to talk that way, and a lot of you do, and that's totally fine. I hope you all have a really good week, and I will catch you next Friday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.